gentlemen, boys and girls, we welcome you back to 500 Mile Podcast. My name is Justin Kolb alongside Michael Skinner. Michael, got some good stuff to talk about this weekend. Man, what a race we saw at Kansas this weekend. Um, <laughs> I mean, sure, depending on which side of the fence you're on, you can uh, take a stand on whether you thought the race was uh, good or bad, I guess. But, I mean, at the end of the day, um, with the package that we had and everything, we saw a fantastic race, it seemed like, from the drop the green flag all the way to the checkered flag. Yeah, um, I don't. I don't think there's much you can say. I thought it was a a, a great race throughout, uh, action packed. Uh, and I think one of my favorite things is it's very few races now that we get just natural cautions, uh, and we got a ton of those. The cars were, were relatively looked like they were tough to drive. Um, everybody was running really, really hard. You saw a lot of accidents on the restarts um, just by people trying to get that track position because uh, track position, you know, is always super, super important. But it didn't seem like that if you went back to the back, you could relatively drive your way up through the field if you had, you know, a, a top five or so car. Um, so yeah, I thought I thought it was a great race, man. I wish I wish we could go back to Kansas next week and the week after that. Uh, makes me miss Chicago land a little bit, but um, definitely glad this is a place that has two dates on the schedule. And uh, I think this is probably the second race, you know, really of the year that I think has just been been absolutely fantastic. So. Hopefully Darlington is the same. We're going to have, you know, another worn out surface and then we're going to North Wilkesboro. But uh, yeah, I, I don't have anything to complain about. I loved it. Um, I chose to watch that fully with commercials uh, than even watching uh, the F1 race without commercials. So uh, yeah, I, I'd say I was, I was pretty, pretty happy camper uh, until the start of what was that stage two. Yeah. Yeah. But, but still, um, man, what a, what a, what a good finish. Uh, I know it's going to be controversial, but good finish, you know, good ending, uh, good little tussle at the end. All in all, I think, like you said, from, from really the start uh, to the finish, uh, you know, I, I don't see how you can say that, that it wasn't a good race. So you brought up the finish here. Let's just kind of quickly unpack that because we did talk about that a little bit before we uh, went on air here. But um, there, there does seem to be some hate, I guess, some negativity towards denny towards that where um i think you and i both kind of agree it doesn't really seem like it's necessary especially since the driver was i don't know if okay with it was the correct word but i mean they talked about it um and they were pretty much over it at the end of it it seemed like but i mean um there were some good points made there for the people that were at the race you know you don't really have a good angle as to what happened so i mean from their point of view, they probably just thought that Denny turned Kyle Larson there. But, I mean, you could definitely see from that back straightaway shot that, I mean, and, I mean, even just go back, what, 15 laps before that, coming to 15 to go. I mean, how many times did that five get loose or hit the wall? At some point, um, very well documented that that car was not handling well at all. You add that with the 11 packing a bunch of air on the back bumper there, and, I mean, no one's going to lift on that, you know, coming at two on the white flag. So, um I mean, at the end of the day, it seemed like just a racing deal. Um, again, they kind of talked it out there. And, I mean, I didn't really see anything that Denny could have done too much differently. It's not really like he drove through him or anything. Just, I mean, unfortunately, barely caught him in the back bumper there. And I think the fives car was already um, out of control at that point. And, I mean, that little touch seemed to just sort of end it all there. Um, Michael, I'm not sure your thoughts. Yeah, Um you know, like you said, we, you and I kind of talked about it, uh, you know, be before we got on air here, but, um, yeah, no, I, I don't know how you can be really upset with the finish. Um, uh, it, it was 100% just a racing deal. Um, I'll put it this way. Denny was a lot closer two or three laps before that and, you know, went to the bottom, raced him clean. And at that point doesn't know if he's even going to get a shot back at him. So, you know, if he honestly was going to do that, he's probably going to do it before that last lap. Cause you don't know if you're going to get back to that guy after you try, try to make that clean pass. So uh, yeah, is, is a racing deal. I don't know how you can not like Saturday's or Sunday's finish. Sorry. And like last year's finish, right. It's almost a carbon copy of that finish other than, uh, you know, I'd say Kurt even forced the issue a little bit more and put Larson into the wall, but if you look back at both of those, it's very similar. It's how the pass was going to be made for the win. Uh, Larson was was already loose. He was all, his the only groove 
all race that that car was any good at was right up, you know, doing the Larson groove. Um, you know, if we go to Homestead and there's a car that's better than Larson is up top, which I, I don't, I don't think so. Cause the top is by far the best groove, um, you know, at Homestead, I don't think there's any bottom left to be, be honest with you. I think the only time the bottom was left was the 2020 package, uh, that are or the 2019, 2020 package, but, um, you know, that's the only groove he had. So we had to send it in there every single time and he was already loose. He didn't have anywhere else to go because he knew if he went anywhere else, Hamlin was just going to blow his doors off anyways. Um, you know, Larson gave him two or three shots at him by just being too loose by making mistakes. If you kind of look back over the, the past couple of years, we've seen Larson do that multiple times. It's not like it's the first time that we've seen him make multiple mistakes, either leading, being out front and being pressured. So, um, you know, I think Denny knew that he was loose, knew that he was just biding his time. Um, and Kyle Larson kind of made the mistakes that brought himself, you know, back, back into it. Um, you know, and then, you know, kind of like the way I described it is Denny judges where that outside wall is off of Kyle Larson's, you know, left rear. That's how he knows how far he can go up, right? Cause they're fighting for that space. The straighter you can make your steering wheel, at the end of that corner, the faster your exit is going to be, which it leads down to the, this, you know, uh, down to the next corner. And then also, it, you know, the tighter you can hug to that, that left rear, the bigger the side draft is, which you're going to slow that outside car down, which that's where the biggest advantage of the outside is, is that momentum off the, off the corners and throttle time. So he's judging where Carl, he's judging his car off of Kyle Larson, you know, and then Kyle Larson goes up there and smashes off the wall. Well, then he doesn't know that he's going to go up there and smash off the wall. Um, then he just is following Larson up the racetrack, which that's what his job is to do. His job is to go to win the race. And Larson just happened to be a little too loose, pushed into the wall and kind of created the contact. So I don't know how you can, I don't know how you can blame Denny on, on that one for, for a guy that's been honest and when he's wrecked people, I mean, heck he flat out just crashed Denny Hamlin, whether, or, uh, Denny Hamlin, he, uh, JJ Yaley, whether he wants to say like, Hey, I crashed him or not now, but he did. So for a guy that we've seen multiple times crash somebody for the win, this one was probably the least, you know, actual crashing for the win that he's, he's done. And people, yeah, and, and people are upset. I, I, don't, I don't know how because I don't know how you can see that as a, a non-racing move like he did it on purpose. I just can't. I just, I don't. It's in my opinion, if you, if you think that is, if you think he does that on purpose there, Honestly, I don't. I don't know how much racing you've actually watched. I don't. You know, I just. I just don't. We've seen it. We've seen that same accident for fifteenth. Yeah. You know, we saw a super similar accident in the truck series on uh, uh, on on Saturday with with even that the fifty one truck with Kyle, right? You know, he got loose, got up into the wall. Ben Rhodes ran into the back of him. Okay, well, where's he gonna go? You know, it's like not like you can make a decision is when somebody starts bouncing off the wall. Um, so, yeah, I, I don't know how you can explain that one as being being an egregious attempt there. But, uh, hey, I, I, it was a good finish. I mean, whether you hated it or liked it, man, you, you got to say it was really, really good racing at the end there. Good racing the whole race. Um, definitely from start to finish, like you said, I, I agree kind of with you. From start to finish, probably, honestly, one of the best races we've seen in – a couple of years, um, you know, if not since probably maybe, you know, the Kyle Larson, Kyle Busch incident at, at Chicagoland. But um, yeah, man, just like I said, just makes you miss Chicagoland a little bit more because you know that those racetracks are so, so similar um, and it probably produced, you know, very similar results. For sure. And we did have some, uh, some more action even after the checkered flag, it seemed like, uh, well, it didn't seem like it actually happened. Um, Ross versus Noah. Um, this one was kind of interesting to me because, I mean, Ross didn't necessarily run him up into the wall. Granted, he didn't leave him a ton of room, but as he said, he did leave him a lane. Um, and I guess Noah took offense to that, um, gave him a little door down the straightaway. Um, I don't remember what lap this was. I think it was somewhere in stage two, um... But it sounded like Noah tried to get back to him again into one and checked up to 23 as well. But obviously, everybody saw what happened on pit road. Um, I don't really have much common other than I guess Ross can fight. Um, and I'm kind of 
I kind of want to agree with everybody saying that, you know, this is just slowly getting Ross slower, slower and slower to, you know, ultimate stardom, it seems like. Because, I mean, as Dale kind of said in the, the Dale Jr. download yesterday, the the ingredients seem there. They're doing a little bit of the marketing with that. I guess it's just kind of how far with this do you want to go? Because, I mean, at this point, when you go that extreme, it seems like the, you know, the sky's the limit with how popular you want to make this guy. Yeah. Um, the, I like the attention that Ross brings. Um, I think that it, the attention is good for the sport. I do think that it's a very, very thin line of good. And then like, being selective on like what actions you kind of take. So um, just kind of going back to the move with Noah, um, I get why Noah is upset. We've seen it. And I guarantee you that any other driver in that situation probably would have backed off a little bit, but they probably also probably would have ran into the wall Um, because what's happening there is that Ross is coming up the racetrack. Noah's flat out on the top, right? So he's, he's full, he's full throttle. You don't, you don't really have much options at that point um and just that little bit of slight move up the move up the track is is making that outside car super super tight just that little bit move up is you know taking away probably a couple pounds of downforce you know that that us as spectators probably don't even realize that the drivers you know kind of feel um the the best kind of throwback to that is is what i can think of is uh Denny Hamlin is really good at this. Um, he's a guy that uses that to advantage. If you go back and watch a lot of the passes that he makes, um, and uh, the one that remembers, again, you know, I'm a Kyle Busch fan, so the one that sticks to me is you go back to the All-Star race or the, the Coke 600 last year, right? They're side-by-side uh, through the, the green white checker, right? First lap side-by-side. Then they go down into turn one. That lap, Denny makes a decision of, I am just going to now drive him up the racetrack. Right. And what happens? Kyle starts getting tighter and has to lift or he's going to run into the wall. Right. Denny started taking away the air from the front of the 18 car at that point. Again, if you go back and kind of look at Kurt Busch's pass on Kyle Larson last year at Kansas, right? He kept moving Kyle Larson up the racetrack. He got tight, went into the wall. Um, Look at uh, Bubba and Kyle Larson at Kansas last year, right? Kyle Larson moved up the racetrack. Bubba drove into the wall because he got tight. At that point in time, there's nothing you can do. You know, uh, you and I know, Justin, you know, because we see it more on iRacing. I don't think a lot of people understand, like, how much the wall juts out from the safer barrier between a corner and a straightaway, right? It's a huge transition. It's It's probably a foot, right? And a foot with, like, when you're talking about a foot and, like, driving a race car is massive. So... Like, there's not a lot of room for air. So if he starts moving up just that little bit, it's taken away air. And yes, maybe Noah could have backed out, but I still think that the the outcome would have been putting him into the wall. A car a car within these race cars with as wide as the, the back end is, like, if you've ever looked at these new next-gen cars, they look like a uh, an orange cone, right? They're shaped like an orange cone. They go, they go like this, right? And that just creating a bigger, bigger weight. So it's hitting those, it's hitting the the rear fenders and the wakes going to the car behind it. Um, it's what creates such big runs at, at super speedways. Um, so I think Ross knew exactly what he was doing. Noah knew what he was doing. Noah just didn't take the pre- preventative actions to not run himself into the wall. Um, so I think that's one on Noah to learn how Ross races, right? I think people know that's how Denny races. So, they kind of know, right? Just like you take Kyle, right? Kyle knows that that's what Denny did at the Coke 600. At one point in time, he was like, I'm I'm just going to run myself into the wall. I'm going to finish second. That was, those were the two choices. Um, you know, Noah will learn to make those decisions at that point in time, especially that early in the race. But, but Ross 100% knew exactly what he was doing when he did it. Um, now, as far as the altercation... Um, I think Noah went in there with the wrong mentality. Um, and all, honestly, I think if you go over there and put your hands on anybody, they're probably going to be pretty upset. And it's not the first time that Noah's made this mistake. He did the same thing to Daniel Hemrick, and he got punched in the face. 
Like the same, it's, it was the exact same situation. It's like, why didn't you learn from the first time? If you're going to, honestly, it, it, with NASCAR's rule set, you get one punch, right? It's either you want to be the one punch or you want to make the first punch. You got to, if no goes over there and s- takes a swing at him, right? This conversation is totally different. I mean, he had right? it, he had it lined up, just that yeah. guy in the gold yeah. shirt. Dude, that I'll tell was you what, a though, haymaker. That, yeah, that kid, though, that, I mean, he can take some punches now. That was a, hey, listen. That no, that no, no, it was planning, man. That was a haymaker. If that yeah. if that landed, that was probably that was probably going to be a good one. Yeah. Um, the the one thing that I'll say is I don't think, and this is and this is the the dangerous line, right? Is Ross, you know, Ross retaliated, right, in an aggressive manner, right? It's proving his aggressive streak, but at some mm. point in time. It's going. That's going to not work in his favor. I don't remember Dylan Hart going out and punching anybody. Well, I don't know that that's very accurate because I mean, th- at that point, all he was doing was defending himself. When someone grabs onto you like that, I mean, what it- he told him to stop twice. Keep mine. Yeah, but what I'm saying though is that in that instance, right? That's what the bodyguards there for, right? If the bodyguard's going to do his job, so, he's going to prevent those altercations from happening. He wasn't doing his job though. But that's that's but that's exactly my point though. Is right. We let Ross do that, but we don't let any retaliation, right? Same thing on the racetrack. We let Ross get away with stuff, but then when there's a retaliation of that, it's not okay, right? That's that's where that's where kind of my thing is, is that you can't be mad at Denny for saying, hey, I crashed a guy that's been crashing everybody for the past 12 months, right? They have now set the precedent of that. You can't mess with certain people. Right. That's that's kind of what we're getting at. Right. They warned the nine and the 11 at uh, where was it? Worldwide Technology Raceway last year. Right. That's a different when scenario. He was, I guarantee you nine times out of 10, 10 years ago, somebody would have went in there and just flat out dumped the shit out of that one car. That's what they should have done. Right. Exactly. But so they mess with Ross. If Ross is going to do that and he's going to be OK with it. Right then NASCAR has to kind of let people beat up on Ross. If that's what, if that's, if they're going to allow it from one person, then they're going to have to allow the consequences. They, you, you can't pick and choose because here, here's my thing, right? So if Ross goes and turns the leader at North Wilkesboro, right? Goes and turn, turns the leader and it's Chase Elliott, right? What's going to happen? right there's gonna but exactly right so what if chase elliott goes out next week and just intentionally crashes the one car what are they gonna do i want to say they're probably not gonna do anything but you can't say that because of everything that's happened this year which is just it's an awful position to be in and that's what really hurts my head that is exactly my point is I think that NASCAR really, really wants Ross to be the next big thing, right? They see the attraction of, they see the things that he's going to do, but there's two things that rely on that is you are now going to have to set a precedent as that you can, Ross can do this to you, but you cannot do this back to Ross because we know that it's a retaliation because we already know that he's done something dumb to you, right? If Kyle goes out and wrecks the one car, Next this week at at Darlington, after what he said on the radio, do you think that oh that it was probably an accident, right? What's going through your head at that point in time? That's my that's my I, point. So so that that's my that's my number that's my number one that's my first that's my first problem with it. My second problem is that Ross has not he's won two races, right? The first one that he he crashed three people on the last lap to win it, right? He won at a super speedway. In my in my honest opinion, Ross hasn't won anything on merit other than an Xfinity race at where was that at? Las Vegas. Right? So he did win in Las Vegas, yes. I think I think the Xfinity race at Las Vegas, right? And a few truck races. Yes. Right. So, but that's they they need if this is going to be successful right they have to be successful they have to be really successful 
right? Why do people love Dale Earnhardt? Because he became successful. If Dale Earnhardt goes out there, does what he does, and wins two races, do you think that he's Dale Earnhardt today? No. But NASCAR pushed it because he was successful and he's a fan favorite. If Ross doesn't figure out how to be successful, this is going to backfire. Look at how rough it was for NASCAR for the first, what is it, five years of Chase Elliott's career when he couldn't figure out how to win anything. They were all they were they were all in on Chase Elliott when he was in the Xfinity series. Got to cup, took him five years to win something. Right? That excitement slowly dwindled. Then he won something, everybody was okay though. But is if Ross goes five years without winning again, what which I, I don't think is gonna happen. But you know what I'm saying? If he's not nearly as successful as what people probably think that he should be. Is all this marketing point, all of that really worth anything? When you have guys that are out there that are successful, right? Like your William Byron's in the world, you know, you, you're not marketing any other, any of these other people. You're putting on your, you're literally hedging your bet on two, two race car drivers right now, Chase Elliott and Ross Chastain. They're the fan favorite and the heel. If the fan favorite is successful, that's good, right? But if the fan favorite, Dale Hart Jr. is not good then it makes the heel if he wins a lot not as good and then you have division you don't have the popularity what made nascar so successful before is you had heels that were really really good and then you had your your heroes that were really really good and all they did was butt heads but if both of them run on different spectrums of the racetrack what good does that do that'd be like that that would be like having a, a comic book to where you didn't see the villain until the end and he was already in jail. Like you have, you have Spider-Man and he does all of his things. And then there's just the green goblin in prison, but you read through the whole, the whole, the whole comic book for nothing. How would that make you feel? You know? So it's, I, that's why I think it's just a, it's a very dangerous, dangerous sword to put your, to hedge your bets on Ross Chastain right now, especially because there is going to have to be a, double a double-edged sword um you're gonna have to let people race him the way he races people and nasser is gonna have to be okay with it which means they're gonna have to go against kind of what they told to denny because 90 percent of ross's crashes last year were either stupid or intentional he like you cannot tell me that there's a difference between what he did at uh at coda last year than what Denny did to him. Which which one do you think is more egregious? What are you referring to? What Denny did to him? Are you talking Phoenix? Are you talking Pocono? No, no, I'm, I'm just talking. I'm talking Phoenix. When he got penalized, when he got when he got penalized for saying that he intentionally crashed him, right? Well, obviously, no. You can't say it's the same because there's too many things to list that were different in those scenarios. But but one was applauded. One was applauded. One was literally frowned upon. When one of our when I think one of the drivers that we should, as a sport, put our hedge our bets behind, Denny Hamlin is a national treasure for NASCAR. The dude is honest. He's blunt. He tells you how it is. He fully supports NASCAR, gives back, wants nothing but the sport to be successful. Right? Talks good about NASCAR. He talks good about the people that run it. Right, he's the person that he's the type of person we should be putting our our hedging our bets behind. Right, instead we're putting it behind somebody who's not yet been super successful in his career, but is also going out and just making a bonehead of himself. And I do think eventually somebody is going to have enough. Right, there's going to be a day when he's going to run into probably Joey Logano, and we all know that Joey Logano has already admitted that he does not care. He's going to race you how you race him. He did, uh, right? He did poke our bear a little bit this weekend, which was kind of interesting. But yeah, I mean, look, look what he did to William Byron, right? Denny, or he, he's he said, even Denny Hammond has said multiple times, right? Joey in a race car just does not give a care. He just doesn't. Look at all the times that he's just automatically wrecked somebody, right? You know, for. For a little, a little accident, a little accident. He's 
so there's going to come a time when he's going to run into somebody that is going to have enough. The problem is right now is he's running into people that actually have respect for the person that they're driving. Right. He's running into your Chase Elliott's. He's running into your Denny Hammonds. He's running into your Kyle Busch. He's running into your Kevin Harvick's. All of these race car drivers have respect for that other car. Kind of like, kind of like Noah said, right? He respects track house racing and he's not going to wreck one of their race cars. Right. He's going to run upon somebody that does not care about that. Right. It's going to kind of like reach a boiling point, you know, in, in my mind, kind of like the Jeff Gordon and Clint Boyer situation. Right. Somebody is going to be eventually that upset. That they're just going to turn him head head on into the wall. I, I just I, I'm sorry. It just even you have to agree. It cannot go on as long as it's going on and not have some type of like ending you know, retaliation from somebody that just doesn't care. I guess it's going to happen. Tell. I mean, what, what, what do you think? I don't know. I, I see him and I don't know. This isn't going to be the popular opinion, but it's my opinion. I see him slowly getting a little bit better each week. Obviously there's still some mistakes, but I can see it in his driving that he is trying to be better just based off some of the things I'm saying. Denny made a note of it, you know, gave him a few breaks on Sunday. He's, I think at this point, yes, 2022 was a very, very rough season for Ross Chastain, and that's, I mean, maybe putting it a little bit lightly. This year, it seems like he's tried to get better. Obviously, yes, he wrecked the 15 at Dover. Do I think he meant to do that? No. You can kind of tell it in his voice. Do I think he was faking that? No. What, what purpose does he have to wreck the 15 right there? I think it was an honest mistake. I think he didn't know he was going to be letting off into the corner that early. Whatever it is, I don't think he meant to do that there. Obviously, Sunday, this Sunday, what happened with Noah, you can say what you want about that. Um, you know, I, I, I still think that he's, it's going to take some time, but I think he's working on himself, and I think it's, I think we hear less about Ross Chastain. Even though he threw a punch this year, I think we hear less and less about him as the season goes on. But that's just me. What he is, may make a complete is, tool of himself. What is that old saying? A tiger never changes its stripes? Yes, but... How many times did you we gotta, hear that there is, a, there is a new Kyle Busch? You got to keep mind, though. 2022 is his first year in the Cup Series in a, I would say, a relatively competitive race car. Sure, he but was with still... Chip Ganassi. He was with Chip Ganassi Racing in 2021, but wasn't the most competitive. This is third year in Cup. He's got to figure it out. Everybody goes through this. Obviously, yes, he was in the Xfinity Series. He was very aggressive. Um, you could kind of compare it to how Ty Gibbs was. Maybe Ty Gibbs was a more egregious version of that. But you know, he's coming to the Cup Series. He's just trying to figure it out. Yes, Ross is a little bit rougher around the edges about that but you got to figure it out. Eventually everybody does. And I think he's going to eventually figure it out. Hell, Kyle Larson even made the comment. I didn't listen to it, but he made the comment in his podcast today that, you know, he could be more popular than Chase Elliott in the future. And I mean, I could see that happening if he figures everything out and, you know, he finds his spot in line in the cup series right now. He's still trying to figure it out. I think he will in the next year or so. But that, but you kind of, also made my argument there too is Ty Gibbs did the same exact things last year and we're yes. praising one we're praising one and and we ha we literally hated the other one on it yeah we like, hate the other but you know what that literally. was the Xfinity series and these boys know when you get to the cup series that you can't make those same types of stuff Gibbs sees that obviously he's a completely different you we do you agree with this he's a total 180 from what he was last year at least so far in this season where we're at now is he a complete 180 from last season in terms of his driving style? Yes. However, he is not constantly running up front like he did at the Xfinity level. Well, that's fair. I will I will hold my reservation until we see his opportunity to go win a race. Hey, I mean, it's been one race, but he was up front this week. Was there anything? And again, I this is one race. I'm not trying to make you prove anything but did you see anything from what he did this week other than him 
destroying his car with his tire. That's he'll figure that out. But did you see anything from him this weekend that made you go, hmm, I don't know about that? There hasn't been anything this season that I've seen from Ty. And and that that that's my honest opinion. I I uh, I we talked about it a couple weeks ago. Like I think this year he's going about his attitude to everything, keeping his mouth shut, right? He's he's doing, I think, the way that you should supposed to be doing it building that respect among your peers and your race car drivers, right? That that's kind of, that's kind of where we're at. That that that's just that's my reservation with Ross is the dude is going to have no just he's going to be given no respect. Yes. Right? Until he and starts if, giving it, I feel. Yeah, but but that's what I'm saying though. Is that but how many people are actually going to trust that? It's just going to take time. I mean, at this you point, know, he's, just, he's put himself in such a hole right now that he's got a lot of digging and a lot of hands but, to shake to get out of it right now. But, but is it impossible? But, no. No, but if he keeps... Yeah, if he keeps doing it, then yeah. But if he he's keeps gonna be on getting every shit tussle. list. You know what I'm saying? But if he keeps getting in tussle, I'm not. I'm not even saying that what he did on Sunday was wrong. I know, I'm just saying he knew what he was doing. No one yep. knew what he was doing. No one drove himself into the wall. I'm not... I'm not discounting that ross did the same thing at pocono when denny did it to him last year right you could say i I guess that ross put noah in the same situation that denny put him in at pocono you either lift or hit the wall yeah that's that's the 100 same thing that kyle larson does to people right kyle larson gives you a choice either either wreck or lift right but just just the fact that he's just in another just another tussle I well, just... and I think most of that comes with Noah. Just, <laughs> I think he wanted to be the the hero, if you will. And also, we know from the Xfinity series that, excuse my French, he just doesn't give a shit. Like, yeah. he just flat out, he doesn't care what you think about him, doesn't care what you have to say. He'll go out and do whatever he needs to do. And, you know, if he ruffles feathers, so be it. But I think he was just trying to be, from what he sounded like, from what he said, he tried to be the the hero on Sunday to do something to Ross. And, I mean... I don't know if it's fair to say he made a fool of himself, but he went about it the wrong way is ultimately, I think well, what everybody is saying. And I'll agree with it. I think he just, he went, he went about it the wrong way. And if yeah, someone tells you to stop, he definitely should have. Yeah. And yeah, if someone's saying stop, maybe we, I, I guess with Ross, maybe next time, if he says stop, maybe, maybe listen to him. Cause that, that punch landed and that didn't really sound like it felt very good. Yeah. I mean, eh. And it's and it's tough when it gets broken up too. Like, it... well, that was the weirdest thing was there was no crew member, and I don't want to spend too much more time on this, but there were no crew members in that really. And I mean, yeah, that's just, kind of, just... that was kind of the best thing. There was just that one golden shirt man who I I still don't know what who he was affiliated with, who he was. NASCAR. He he works for NASCAR. He works for NASCAR yet. He works okay. for NASCAR. He's a NASCAR bodyguard. That's his job as a standby Ross Chastain to keep him from getting his ass beat. That's essentially what what do we know this for told. certain? Because that doesn't sound yeah. He, he's an, he's a NASCAR, he's a NASCAR bodyguard that that that's assigned there. Okay. Every NASCAR, I I I think every driver has a bodyguard. If I if I from NASCAR, if I believe, I think you see them. They're they're I think they're always in plain clothes, but they're but they're always there. Like I think if you you pay attention, like you'll you'll notice. It's um, been pretty recent because they weren't. They usually don't. They do used, shit apparently. They used to I, wear like the white. Right, you okay. used to know that they were NASCAR officials. Okay, that um, makes more sense. But it, All right. yeah, but I do kind of want to. I want to uh, put a bow on this, but I don't know. Yeah, my. You got I, I guess. Bad? Yeah, I guess my final thing is just. I like Ross. I do. I just we. Us as a series, we just we can't show bias. If somebody's gonna go out there and retaliate and wreck him because of all the shit he's done then we can't penalize we can't penalize that person and then the next week praise on something that that he did yeah that's that and that that i, I guess like, like that's my that's like my line you you just you just can't right um yeah that's fair yeah all right well i do want to tie up a loose end from last week since we missed that um kind of big news and i think you and i are both on the same page with this um Legacy Motor Club making the switch from Chevy to Toyota in 2024. Um, I guess right off the bat, um, this makes a ton of sense. 
because if you understand the pecking order of Chevrolet, you understand that Legacy Motor Club was very low on that totem pole. Um, and it was pretty clear that they weren't getting a ton of support. And it was very, very clear this year that something probably needed to change next year because this beginning of the, at least the beginning of the year, has been a disaster, to say the least. So this makes a ton of sense. It was funny because um, I was thinking, I think the week it came out, I was it was definitely in my mind that, man, like, when you think about it, Toyota doesn't really have a lot of cars on the track. And, like, I don't really know who you can get. Because this team was not on my radar, but because when you look at it, you have Jimmy Johnson, who just came in as ownership, who has been a Chevy guy his entire life. And it's really sad to think that, you know, they couldn't have come to a better deal or anything like that. But, I mean, it's Toyota's win. At that point, you get two more cars. You get you go up from six to eight in the field next year. And um, it's funny because I think I'd mentioned it to you. It's Toyota seems with these uh, with these moves it makes, they seem to get the old Toyota guys back who they lost because obviously they had Eric who they let go and Noah who they had in the truck series before uh, Chevy scooped him up. So they're t they're technically getting back two guys that they started to develop. Obviously Eric went all the way, winning a few races with Joe Gibbs, but it's it's kind of funny with um, Noah that you know he get pretty much got poached away when it went, came to the Xfinity series, but he ended up coming back. So um, ultimately, like I said, Michael, I'll let you uh, give your opinion, but I think we're kind of on the same page that this is ultimately going to be a win for Legacy Motor Club. Maybe not immediate results, but when you understand the high, like the leg legacy, the, uh, the hierarchy within the manufacturers, you're going to understand that for performance and um, in terms of just manufacturer support, this is going to be an absolute win for Legacy Motor Club. Yeah, um, I I don't see how you can say that it's not, um, you know, surprising that it, that it comes from like you said, somebody that's been in a Chevy. Honestly, I think I think Jimmy drove Chevys when he was in his uh, in the dirt truck in the stadium um, super trucks. Yeah, yeah. Doing the so I mean, it's he's probably been with Chevy for probably thirty years. Um, so so that one's super surprising. But I mean, I heck, the guys running in Lamar in the in the Chevy you know prototype NASCAR yeah. over there. So. The dude has been integrated. Yeah, it's been integrated into into Chevrolet for, like I said, probably going on 30 years of his life. And just a suddenly, not I would say suddenly for us, but I mean, obviously this deal has been worked probably with, probably honestly since Legacy Motorsports probably became a thing. This this talk has probably been going on. Um, I do. Especially, uh, oh, go, ahead. go ahead. I just, I want to read a quick quote here from Maury because I want to see um, your opinion on this as well because this one kind of, tells you where they're at with that um his quote uh from there was a zoom meeting that happened uh when that announcement was made uh maura gallagher who is one of the co-owners of that team um made the quote i love competition being in the back of the pack some can live live there but it is not a place that i'm willing to live and i think that just yeah speaks no i i trust me i i think rpm you know and even when it was uh what was it uh, gillette everham or you know through all that process right We've seen that 43 car in Everham Motorsports and um, what Gillette Everham with Petty and then all the names that it came and Petty Enterprise, Petty Motorsports, all that stuff, right? We've seen that car struggle for 30 years. Um, and they've always kind of been on the back end of the support structure of whatever manufacturer that they were kind of with. So this is an opportunity to go from, you know, well, I mean, they were probably what? third uh, it, it was chevy um they were fourth because you had hendrick rcr um track, track house, house and then i yeah. think it came uh yeah GMS so uh, so fourth i mean you're, you're probably gonna go to third but it's a lot less cars like that that's the biggest thing um you know and toyota does a really really good job of making sure that all the teams uh you know work as one i mean we've seen that for for years so I, I wouldn't be surprised if we see next year the 43 and the 42 go out in there and have the success that, you know, they, they should should have been having over the past couple of years. I mean, you know, we kind of all ragged on Ty in the 42 last year for having such bad performances. Well, I mean, maybe maybe we were giving the guy too, you know, too much criticism because maybe they're just not that good. Um, you know, Eric clearly got, got, you know, a couple good runs last year and won the Southern 500, but that wasn't indicative of anything that they did during the year. That just happens to be his best racetrack and just happened to be that 
the people leading kind of disappeared from the race, you yeah. know, with 19 laps to go. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, it's, it's good. Um, honestly, I, I, the team that I really thought, so um, in the back of my head last year, when, when, uh, when Kyle's going through that contract stuff with Joe Gibbs and stuff like that, knowing that Kyle probably wanted to stay with Toyota and knowing that the teams, uh, you know, that he was having conversations with, Honestly, I, I I thought for a long time that he was going to end up going to Colleg in a 16 car, and the Colleg was going to become a, a Toyota team. Um, not only you know do they have a successful Xfinity team that could go along with the three cars of Joe Gibbs Racing, right? You're just adding adding a bigger piece. Um, you know, you have a bunch of drivers that are signed up. You have you know basically drivers waiting in the wings to take over those cars. Um, you know, I, I thought I thought Colleague was going to be the team that actually made the move over to, to Toyota sooner rather than later because they're kind of in this same boat, right? They were the fifth team. You know, why they, you got to make the move sooner, you know, sooner rather than later. So surprised that it's Legacy, you know, you know, Motor Club. I kind of made a statement t- to you the other day, and I'm like, I would have honestly seen RCR switch before Jimmy Johnson. You know, I know that's funny to see, see here, but I mean, it's true. Just I, I just couldn't see Jimmy Johnson on a Toyota. Um, it's definitely going to be funny seeing all those Jimmy Johnson fans that hated on Toyotas for all these years to see Jimmy Johnson above a above a Toyota there. So hey, about that, you know, um, yeah, it's I mean, heck, the guy even drove a lot of Chevy and Indy cars. So the dude dude's been Chevy Chevy forever. Um, or no, I think they're no, they're actually Honda. Yeah, I was gonna say I think Chip they're Ganassi Honda. Honda. Yeah, um, so that's even even odder, right? Uh, yeah, so. I, I think it's a, a really, really good move uh, for them. Um, kind of strange that their truck team is going to pro- stay as a Chevy, is is from what I'm hearing. Yeah. Um, you know, I was kind of that one kind of blew me away a little bit. But if you think about it, other than them and KBM now, they're really the only Chevy Chevy truck teams. And if they went to Toyota, it would really just be KBM, um, and then uh, the the two car for Sanchez. But that's basically a KBM truck, anyways. Um, so I am surprised that the truck program isn't going to go to Toyota. That one's kind of, kind of strange. Um, you know, having a, a, a cup team that's Toyota and a truck team that's, that's Chevy. I don't know how that relationship is really going to go. Um, you know, we kind of heard, uh, I don't know if you listened to the, the, the download last week, um, uh, with Bill Davis on there talking about how he was, you know, he was a manufacturer for Dodge and then he had a deal with Toyota to, you know, work on the truck program. And Dodge was like, uh, yeah, we're just not going to do that. Um, so I'm, I'm super surprised that both parties kind of, kind of have that split, uh, down the middle. Um, so yeah, I mean, like I said, it's super, super good. I'm excited. I'm a big Eric Jones fan, um, have been for a while. Uh, you know, so excited to see, see him. I kind of wanted him to go to the four cars just because I didn't think that the 43 was going to be very good, but definitely with their move or Toyota, I think that they'll see an uptick of performance. It'll make the grid a lot better, but I think it'll also be good for the remaining Chevy teams as well, right? So the resources that, uh, you know, Legacy Motor Club was getting are now going to be readily available for the other other Chevy teams. Um, you know, I, I'm sure probably the pecking order at Chevy is probably 50% Hendrick Motorsports and everybody else is fighting for the other 50 per, you know, 50%. That's probably the pecking order. Um, you know, if you're Chevy and then probably RCR probably takes probably another 40% and then it's down to, you know, a 10% fight between the, between the other ones. So, uh, will definitely be interesting next year to see, uh, how they do. I mean, obviously the super speedways are going to be a massive, massive uptick for, for the Toyota. So, uh, yeah, I, I, I don't see how you hate the move. Unless you're a Chevy fan and a Jimmy Johnson fan. All right, so a couple loose, or I guess really one more loose end to tie up here. The greatest 75 list got one more to add tomorrow, and we pretty much already know who that is. Want to go through some of the names that were added last week and then talk about some of the names added this week. Uh, So last week we had Dale Jr., Bobby Labonte, Martin Truex Jr., Brad Keselowski get their name added to the list, all really deserving. And this week had a few more names added. We had Larry Phillips, Sam Ard, both Kurt and Kyle Busch, Kevin Harvick, Joey Logano, and Matt Kenseth was the newest announced today. 
obviously we pretty much know tomorrow who's getting announced tomorrow. That would be Jimmy Johnson. I would be blown out of my pants if he was not announced tomorrow um, because that would be a crime. Um, so, yeah, those are the uh, the greatest 75. Michael, I don't know if you want to add any comments to that, onto that real quick before we move into Darlington this week. No, um, I mean, the, all, all of those drivers are, are 100% of, you know, deserving, deserving of, of where they're at, um, you know, kind of disappointed. There's a, there's a few names that aren't going to be on that list, uh, you know, that were kind of passed over that are in lower series, but you know, there's, there's gotta be another 25 years for the top 100. Right. So maybe they'll, maybe they'll make it then. Um, yeah, there's nobody on that, on that list right there of people that were announced over the past really two weeks that you can kind of disagree with. Um, yeah, I mean, uh, Junior, you know, not as successful on the racetrack as as people would like him, but the things that he's done for the sport in general, um, even though it's off the racetrack, I still still think that's extremely you know great for for our sport. Bobby Labonte, um, you know, a, a champion is on right. Martin Truex Jr., recent champion, uh, Bad Brad. You know, definitely, definitely deserving. Um, I don't know much about Larry Phillips, so that's shame on me. Uh, everybody knows who Sam Art is, um, especially with how much uh, in the early, you know, 2010s that Kyle Busch was compared to Sam Art in the Xfinity series. We all kind of know a little bit about Sam. Uh, Kurt, obviously, 100% deserving as well as Kyle. Um, I kind of was hoping that Kevin was going to be announced last and they were going to do something nice for him, uh, you know, for his final, final year. Uh, Joey. Honestly, two-time champ, probably going to win uh, another one before his time is up, uh, you know. And then, and then Matt Kenseth, another one as well. The last, the last guy to win a real NASCAR championship, as as a lot of people like to say. And we can all thank Matt Kenseth for the chase, uh, you know, format. So, um, you know, well deserving. We'll see Jimmy. Like you said, we'll, we'll we'll see Jimmy over the over the next two days. If it's not tomorrow, it'll be sometime this week. Um, but yeah. Uh, yeah, the one the one thing I do think is funny is they kind of brought up I, somebody in a comment is it's funny no matter what manufacturer you drive for your car is a Chevy that they take out of a box. This is very true. This is very so, true. I thought that was funny. Had that same diecast one sixty four over there, so yeah, they uh, didn't give a lot of options for manufacturers. That's all right. Um, right. Okay, so yeah, moving on to Darlington this week, throwback weekend, of course. And that kind of begs the question, because I've been thinking about it. We kind of talked about this, um, you know, off air. So I kind of want to make this a little quick so we can get into picks here. But we're going into year eight of Throwback Weekend. This started in 2015 when the cup schedule, I guess, brought Darlington back to Labor Day weekend. I believe Kevin Harvick was the first to throw back with Budweiser um, because they decided that, hey, if we're going back to our original, you know, weekend, why not throw back? So that started this whole trend and now eight years later i feel like we're kind of at the point where i don't really know why we're doing it anymore it just feels more like a gimmick um especially because yes darlington got a second date but the reason this all started like i said was because we moved darlington back to the southern 500 weekend thus creating the opportunity for throwback schemes because that's what that race was run on was labor day weekend so when you move it to Mother's Day weekend, now there were Darlington races back in the day that were run on Mother's Day. That's not the issue here. But the fact that we're making that throwback weekend with no real reason, I guess, that's where I kind of question, like, do we really still need to do this? And my thought on this is we have NASCAR's 75th anniversary this year. That's cool. We're going to get some more throwbacks. I kind of feel like after this year we may be done with it. Or at least I feel like we should probably be done with it because there's not very many throwbacks left that we can really do. People are going to start recycling. They already have. Um, and really the big one is we're not really seeing a lot of sponsors commit to going full on with these throwbacks. I would say the biggest um, offender this year, at least, is Sunny D for Kevin Harvick. I looked at that car. I had no idea what car I was looking at until I looked in the background and they had that his 30 AOL car in the back. 
that doesn't look anything like what that car did. So I think we're at a point where I think after this year, it's probably going to run its course. Um, so, I mean, as usual, I have a couple opinions on, on how looking at this thing. So when it, when they first started, right, the kind of theme was pick a decade, right? That was kind of like the theme. Then it kind of got lost like the third year. Right. So I think it would have been okay. Had we kept picking a decade and that was your decade to choose from. But the problem is, is that NASCAR picked the decade. It worked for the first year, worked for the second year. And the third year, they just kind of did whatever they wanted. And the NASCAR stopped picking a decade, right? Uh, so they kind of lost kind of the luster of what it was supposed to do. Second, kind of like you said, if teams are going to sign up for a throwback, it's got to be right. Like, it can't be the bullshit uh, that we saw from Sunny D. And it can't be, what what, what was the car the other year? Wasn't it um, a Kleenex car or something that like, it was 47. supposed to be. It was supposed to be like Ricky Craven's car, right? And it was like, that's right. Not yeah, that because right. I, I remembered they had done yeah. something weird. JTG, yeah. I just couldn't remember what the yeah. scheme was. Yeah. yeah, they said it was supposed to be Ricky Craven, but they made like half the car tied, half the car Kleenex. Like, come on. Yeah, yeah. Like, if if you're gonna do it, that that's the part that ruins it, right? Um, and then you have people that repeat the schemes, which I'm not hating on. I still think they look good, but when like Denny Hamlin's repeating the same scheme three years, uh, three years removed. And it's the exact same scheme, and it's not the first time that he's done it. Um, it, it gets kind of old. There, there's there's got to be something else that you can do. Honestly, if, if this is going to continue, I, I'm, I agree with you. Eventually, it's going to run its course. Um, but I think that if you're going to do it, and NASCAR is going to make this throwback weekend, and they are going to make a precedent for this being throwback weekend, and put all the money and investment into the advertiser, things like that, then it's up to the teams and the sponsors to agree to say, hey, this is throwback weekend. We are going to have a throwback. If you're going to be the sponsor for Darlington, you are going to be a throwback scheme. Start working on it now, right? It's got to be a collaboration between the teams and um, and the sponsors. The problem right now is the sponsors are too proud and they want to keep their you know design one way, uh, you know, and they want it to be recognizable for the fans and things like that. But yeah, it, it's if you're not going to do it, just if you're not going to do it right, just don't do it at all. That's kind of my opinion on it. Um, exactly what I was about yeah. to say. Yeah. I mean, that's it. Yeah. That's ultimately to put a bow on it. That's all you got to say. If you're going to do yeah. it, make sure you do it right or don't do it at all. Yeah. All right. Well, why don't we uh, get into some picks here, Michael, for Talladega weekend. Got a lot of Talladega. Different... Sorry, Darlington week. Sorry, I don't know where that came from. Oh, I think I saw something on this page and I was like, yeah, Talladega. Sure. Uh, Darlington <laughs> weekend. We're going to start with the truck series. You want to go first? You want to give me the, the rope? I'll let you have the rope. That's great. I don't know who I'm picking. Um, I'm going to go for the truck series. I'm going to go out on a limb. No real research at all. I'm going to go Ben Rhodes. Okay, I, I believe he does have a truck series win there, if I'm not mistaken. I believe you're probably right. Oh man, um, let's see. Any? There is Bubba Wallace in the one. Okay, all right, all right. Corey I see. Corey is um, seven. I just don't know how good that truck's gonna. No, I'm I not, just not saying you should pick it. I'm just calling. I, listen, listen. If 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 Corey LaJoy is in the 51, I'd pick Corey LaJoy, hands down. I think Corey LaJoy doesn't get the credit that he actually deserves. In all honesty, um, but I'm gonna actually pick the person in the 51, uh, which is William Byron. It's a safe bet. All right, yeah. who we got here for the Xfinity race? Just because just pick, he was, just pick the low hanging fruit. Who's the low hanging fruit for you? Uh, the guy in the ten car. You know what? I'm not gonna do that because I already had my mind made up. I'm going <laughs> Josh Berry because he. I'm that pretty sure he almost got he, it done last year and then got that penalty. He, he is running one of my favorite race cars. Hutch Strickland I love, Circuit City car. I, I love that Circuit City car. It looks so good. 
Um, I'm actually not. I'm actually also not going to go with. Um, wow. Kyle Larson. I'm actually going to go with the guy who almost won it last year. This is going to be the third time that I've picked him this year. But I think Sheldon Creed is finally going to win. Finally. I know I said that a lot. Finally. But I think he was was really good here last year. This is a very Sheldon Creed type racetrack. And if he can just not wreck in the first 75% of the race, I think I think he can I think he can get it done. Let's not forget who he held off last year until the last corner. Fair enough. So. All right, Will, for Cup. I really want to pick Denny Halen, but I don't trust that pick crew yet. So I think I'm going to instead go with Martin Truex Jr. Hmm. I was actually probably going to read my pick, so now i got to repick. <laughs> I, All right. I, I have I a feeling it's probably going to be one of the Toyotas. I just don't know which one. All right. So I I, I kind of said it earlier. Um, I think this will be the first time that I've actually picked him uh, oh. this year. So I told you earlier today that we, the eight car at worn out racetracks with tons of tire wear, but tons of fall off was really good at California. Okay. Yep. We were pretty good at Darling or we pretty good at uh, Dover. We were pretty good at uh, Kansas last week. We ran all the way back into the top five. Who knows where we would have finished. Uh, the, the eight car Ran really, really good. Finished third in this exact race last year. Um, I think that I have a good feeling bringing out the Lucas Oil car again. I think we're going to make it three wins on the year. Plus, if we keep on the trend from uh, 2008, we would win at Darlington again at the exact same race number. All right. We will have to see. Hopefully he doesn't get wrecked this weekend and we have a... uh pretty good weekend yeah all right kind of wrecked himself last weekend but that's a different yeah. story is what it is all right well speaking of race weekend do we have any other racing this weekend michael honestly i completely forgot to look uh right. we do have we do have formula one i do i, I do uh, where are they actually, at? Michael? actually no that's say. what weekend is this no no that's next weekend uh no i don't think there's actually i think indy car is at uh the Indianapolis road course this weekend. Uh, is it grand prix weekend? Yeah. Yeah. I think this is the weekend and the next weekend is the qualifying. And then the week after that is obviously, uh, the 500. And I think this is the week off for formula one. And then I go to Imola, I believe. And then to Monaco. Fair Supercross enough. Supercross is, uh, on its final race of the year with a, a sad championship ending. I don't know if you follow Supercross, Justin, but um, the the championship leader uh, basically led it for most of the year, was going to go for his third and back-to-back championship, uh, basically on his retirement tour um, at his hometown, basically has it locked up as long as he finishes the next two races, goes out in the main event, lap one, over jumps a jump a little bit, no big deal, blows out his Achilles. Oh. Yeah. Man. And the guy in second just doesn't have to do anything. He's only the guy in second's the only person that can now win the championship. <laughs> he could just not show up. Wow. Yeah. Uh pretty it was brutal. It was a brutal, brutal, brutal uh situation to watch. But uh yep, they'll be they'll be racing their final race um at first supercross season before outdoors this week. So uh yeah, I think they're in uh I think they're in Arizona this week, so a little bit of stuff to watch, but overall, I, I'm and I, I love Darlington. It's one of my favorite favorite races of the year. Um, I think all the series there put on a really really good show. Um, I think even our even on iRacing, people tend to to you know use their heads a little bit during Darlington week. So it's been fun on iRacing. Uh, I ran a few few races there. So um, love Darlington as a racetrack. Seeing all the throwbacks is is pretty cool. So that's that's definitely my main focus uh, Friday, Saturday, and Sunday. Good stuff. All right. Well, I think we're uh, we're all good to go here. You want to take us home here? 
absolutely. Uh, you know, as as far as normal guys, thank you guys so much for watching and listening. I uh, hope you guys enjoyed. Make sure you hit that like and subscribe button. Let us know how we're doing. Uh, it really, really does help. Um, leave us a comment. You know, we got our, our total handers down there as well. So if you guys want to make a comment on the video, just let us know. But have a good weekend. Uh, as far as I know, my name is Michael and his name is still Justin. And we'll catch you next week.